Romans chapter 4. There's a scripture in verse 20 that we're going to be dealing with today. So Romans 4. And we're going to be reading from verse 16 down to verse number 20. Thank God for his goodness. Romans chapter 4. Verse 16, there is, therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. Say it with me. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead, and called his thing that be not, as though they were. Verse number 18, who against hope believed in hope that he might be the father of many nations. Key verse, who against hope he believed in hope that he might be the father of many nations according to that which was past tense spoken. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not, this is going to be our verse, at the promise of God, through unbelief, but was strong in faith giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. Now, I got a verse of scripture there that I'm, I really have to deal with today it's my, uh, what God showed me because last week we talked about 2 Corinthians 5, 7 and we gave you that out of the NLT. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 out of the NLT, we saw that we live by believing, not by seeing. Now, this is very, very, very important, what I'm saying to you today, because, I'm, I, I, you know, some things I, I got I to gotta make sure they get in your spirit. Until that happens, you can't use it. And I don't, I don't think people understand how important it is, what I'm saying. Until the word get in your spirit, you can't use it. You know, you can hear it and, you know, play with it and stuff like top of your head, but you can't use it. You can't operate it. It has to become a part of you. It has become a part of your everyday life. So in verse number 20, Romans chapter 4 in verse number 20, out of the King James, he staggered not at the promises, not as promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. And through that verse, I'm going to be teaching today on how do I strengthen my faith? I talked about a little bit about this last week. 
And I said to you that I asked God, how did Abraham get to strong in faith? And that's what I want to show you today because I believe that the answer has come. How did Abraham get to, I'm not teaching on that part. I'm, I'm on, in my message it's going to come out. How did Abraham get to be strong in faith? I'm not naming that. I'm going to name how do I strengthen my faith. Now, I hope you really listen to the message because it's going to tell you how to strengthen your faith. And I'm going to show you, you need to strengthen your faith because this is how you live and you are not maxed out. So, I, I, if you are, let me get mine. I want to be maxed out. So, how do I strengthen my faith? That's something you can say to the Lord in your prayer life, right? But let's say it right now. Lord, how do I strengthen my faith? Now, I got some things that I jotted down this week. Because all of these things really begin to jump out at me. And it says, first of all, if I want to know how to get a lot of muscles in my body, exercise will strengthen your muscles. See, everything is known how they do. I'm teaching you how to strengthen your faith. You're not going to get this from anywhere. Exercise will strengthen your muscles. Herbs, vegetables will strengthen your immune system. Giving gifts will strengthen your communication. Your communication will strengthen your relationship with others. But all that's something that's going on in my life already. I need to know how do I strengthen my faith? Because Abraham came to a place where he could believe God. Abraham came to a place that he staggered not at what God had promised. Abraham came to a place where unbelief didn't work no more. Abraham came to a place where his faith was strong. Abraham came to a place that he can give glory to God in the middle of his situation. We talk about a man that was 90 years old. 99, wife, Sarah, 89. And yet we have people here who brought forth what God promised. Now I want you to understand what he did. Matter of fact, let's show you that in Hebrew chapter 11 and verse 11, and then I'm going to back up to Hebrew 11 and 1. Hebrew 11 and 11 first, and then I'm going to back up to Hebrew 11 and 1. <coughs> Excuse me. Hebrew chapter 11, and verse 11, through faith, also Sarah. Now, you got to understand, because I'm going to show you something in, about faith that you probably never heard me say in this ministry. 
Through faith also Sarah herself. And the key word is she receives strength. Now, I'm teaching on how do I strengthen my faith? Now, the word of God plainly told me that there's only one faith. See, a lot of people trying to get more faith. I don't know what they do if they had two or three. Because they want more faith. And the Bible told us in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4 and verse 5, there's only one faith. And the Bible told you already in Romans 12, 3, that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Romans 12, 3. Then he gave us in 2 Corinthians 4, 13, the spirit of faith. We are having the same spirit of faith. So God has given everything. That's why when Jesus taught these teachings, he taught that in Matthew chapter number 21, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew 20 and verse 9, he gave every man a penny. See, the revelation of it is he gave every man faith. But Jesus just said he gave every man a penny. And then he taught in Matthew 25, he gave people talents, two, one, two, and five. But he gave talents and he told them to occupy till I come. And then he told the story what happened to their talents. One man says, I know you were an obscure man. I just didn't do nothing with mine. I just buried it. Here it is. And the Lord said, put him with the unbelievers. Because he didn't do nothing with what God gave him. You see, that's how it is with you. God gave you faith to live. He didn't just give you faith so you can stick your chest out and say, I got faith. 2 Corinthians 5-7 told us the just shall live by faith. That word live is by believing what the word says. See, I watch people, I watch people, how, how they do the word of God. They, they think they have arrived. They think they're all right. They think they're already there. And so they don't need to get up and go to church. So they got an excuse now. But all COVID is leaving. So now my point is, we're not going to have no excuse no more. See, that's a good excuse. You know, I, you know uh, at my age, in my condition, I can't be around folks right now because of COVID. But you got to understand something. It's like the bear and the honey. And the honey wants the bear. I'm sorry, but the bear wants the honey. So he's going to have to make a choice. 
You know, the bees going to sting a little here and there. But I got to have some of that honey. So because I want the word, I'm going to have to trust God now. Because I had my shots already. I had, I had all three shots. So I got to believe God to trust, to take care of me now. Because it's not like it was in 2020. Somebody say amen. So you got to come to a place where you're going to trust God. Where you're going to believe God. So I want, I want to share some things with you on how do I strengthen my faith. Now, we got to understand how do we do it. How do I strengthen my faith? God only gave me one. And I got to use the one I got. But if the one I got is not bringing me to the maximum potential of my life, then I got to do something with what I got. This is my faith for the rest of my life. So I got to strengthen it. Now, in Hebrew chapter 11, I'm going to go there just a moment, but let's go to 1 Peter 1.9. We're on our way. In 1 Peter 1.9, when he gave them their faith in Peter, he told them about the faith he gave them. In 1 Peter 1, 9, he said to them, receiving the end of your faith. Remember now, you got to understand, Christ is the author and the finisher of their faith. So now they have received the end of their faith and then he told them what it is. Even the salvation of your souls. So when God gave you his faith, he gave you his salvation. So now you got to understand how to strengthen your faith because everything you're going to get in your life is going to come out of your faith. Now, I hope you heard what I said, because most people do not understand faith. Let's go to Hebrews 11 and 1. Why did I say it's going to come out of your faith? I did not say you're going to get it by faith. And that's why you must understand the difference in people that are teaching you because you got faith now, you can get what God got. And that's error. So let's go and show you in Hebrew 11. And let's go to verse 1. Let's see, can you see what Hebrew 11 really says? We still King James. Now, faith is the stuff. We quote stuff so many times and so long, we think we know it. We never even heard what it really says. The Spirit of the Lord said to me, did you hear what I said? And you know what I said? Yes, Lord. But I really didn't. I'm going to give you an illustration coming down. 
And I want to see how well you know what I just said. I'm going to, I'm going to use you if I can, my sister. You want to hold that glass? How many cough drops in that glass? Two of them. In faith, I just gave her faith. Two things are in it. What she needs for the natural and what she going to need for the spiritual. I put it all in her faith when I gave it to her. Let's read it again. Hebrew 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance. If you got a pretty decent Bible, it will say that what substance is the ground. So if faith is the ground, then I'm on a, I'm on a mission. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So if I already have the substance of what I'm hoping for, I'm going to read this out of NLT just a moment. Then I also have the evidence. Now the evidence is what I can't see. The substance is what I'm hoping for. You got two things. What I'm hoping for and the evidence of what I can't see. So I got everything naturally that I'm hoping for. And I got everything spiritual that I can't see. And he put it in a package called faith. And he put that in me, in my heart. So I don't ever have to hope no more. My faith just told me that faith is the substance of what I'm hoping for. I already got what I hope for in the package. Everything that I hope for naturally is in the faith he gave me. And he gave me everything I need spiritually. The evidence of things not seen. I got all that in one package. See, when people tell you they are believing God to get something, you don't understand faith. Now, how do faith work? How do I strengthen it? Because I have to understand faith. If I don't understand faith, I have it, but I don't know how to use it. Proverbs 4, 7 says, wisdom is a principal thing, therefore get wisdom, but in all you're getting, get understanding. So I gave my sister, sister, sister Manning, give her a big hand, she's my, my faith holder today. Now, I gave her faith, and this faith is going to last her to eternity, because I've already taught that. I taught you three things will last forever. Faith, Hope and love. So God not giving you no more. 
You got this until you leave here. Everybody understand how that works? I better leave that like that in case I have to show that again. So you got faith to last you forever. You're not going to get no more. You can't go back to God and say, you got some more of that. Uh, You got another one of those. So God put it in your heart so you can't lose it. Now, you got already everything you're hoping for. Are y'all, y'all concluded that already? How, how many folk can see what I just said? If you already, if faith is the substance of thing hoped for, then what I'm hoping for is already in my faith. And then it's also the evidence of things I can't see. So spiritual things, I can't see them, they're all in my faith. Natural things are in my faith. Everything I'm hoping for. So Abraham believed in hope against hope because God gave him faith. So what he was hoping for was put in him. Now how, how do you get it out? I gave you a verse some time ago. I'm going to go back and give it to you again. 1 Corinthians I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 13. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians. So if you go back and look at 1 Thessalonians, you want to mark these things in your Bible because they are very important. When I give you scriptures, I give you keys. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm sorry, chapter 2. And verse number 9. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9. It says, For you remember, brethren, our labor and travail for laboring night and day because we would not be chargeable to any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. Now you are witnesses and God also how Holily and justly and unblameable, we behave ourselves among you that believe. As you know how we exalted and we comforted and we charged every one of you as a father does his children, that you would walk worthy of God. Now I'm showing you how Abraham became strong in his faith. See, all this goes with that. You got to walk worthy of God who has called you out of his, called you unto his kingdom and glory. But here's the verse I want to get to. For this cause, also we thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the word of God, which you heard of us, when you heard the word of God, you received it, not as, as the word not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. Told you about the word of God. Here it is. Which effectually worketh. The word effectually worketh also in you that believe. Now we got something to go with that. The word doesn't work in me if I don't believe. What did I tell you last week by the word believe? 
we live by believing. That was good. But I kept saying something all through the service that you got to keep doing. See, if you hear what I, if, that's why I say you need to write this down. I say you need to keep believing. That's your responsibility. You have to keep believing. Because when you keep believing, guess what God does? Let me show it to you. Philippians 2.13. See, when you know what that word said, all joined together. Your job is to keep believing. Philippians 2.13, Paul gave us another clue. He said, for it is God that worketh in you, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. So if God is working in me, and I know Galatians 5 and 6, or 6 and 5, I got it right. Faith working by love. So when Galatia told me that faith worketh by love, then I got to understand that that's God working in me. Galatians 5, 6. So God, Philippians 2, 13, he said, God that worketh in me, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. So it's God that's going to take the love, which is love, faith working by love, God work in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. How many can see it so far? Now, what is your responsibility? Keep believing. Not just believing, but keep believing. Because as you keep believing the word, so that's why I have to keep giving you so much word. So if you just keep believing the word, the Holy Spirit will keep working in you. Bringing forth what he will and purpose in your life. It can't happen unless you believe it. So if you're believing, you already have the faith in you that has what you're hoping for. You already got the faith in you for the supernatural or the super spiritual, they say. So anything natural and eternal, anything also eternal is in your faith. The same word in you created all things. How many can hear what I'm saying? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. How did he do it? God said. That's the first book of Genesis. I thought you sure had that. So if God already said he has given you the same ability in you by giving you his faith. And then he, he is also in his faith. Because faith worketh by love. Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, you have to see the Trinity. Look at Zechariah 4, 6. I mentioned this verse a few weeks ago, but I never went to it. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. 
We usually, I usually read Zechariah 4, 7 about the mountain. But I don't read verse 6. Then he answered, Zechariah 4, 6. Then he answered and spake again, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. How did God say he's going to get it done? In that same chapter, he came shouting, grace, grace. Remember? So we have to understand, he said it's not by might. See, that's, that same word is strength. Nor by power. So if you put these together, you'll have the Father, might, the Son, power, and the Spirit. See, anytime you see a trinity like that, it is the trinity. Whether it's wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, you see the same thing as the Trinity. Anytime there's three, you see the Trinity. Whether it's wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Whether it's 30, 60, 100 fold. Whether it's good, acceptable, and perfect. <laughs> so you see creation, manifestation, revelation. See, anytime you see three, that's what you're seeing. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. He used that to disguise himself in the scriptures. Hide himself, he calls it, from people who don't know. Without the spirit, you can't know this stuff. All right. So my point is, how do, how do I strengthen my faith? First of all, he gave you faith, right? That's Galatians 2.20. Let's go there. So you have to understand, God gave you faith. Now your job is to come here and, and allow me to help you with it. I know you know it all. You don't really need me, but really you do. <laughs> you know, it's just like a, a kid. When a kid comes into the world, you, you try to help them out. They all, I got this, Mama. I got this. All right. All right. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. I'm crucified. This is how you got your faith. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, here it is, I live by the faith of the Son of God. How do you live? I live by the faith of the Son of God. Well, living by the faith of the Son of God means I live by believing. Sarah we gave it that in Hebrew 11 and 11. She receives strength. Now that's what the heart does. She receives strength to conceive. So that's all you can do with the word. Because God already put his faith in you. And your job is to bring forth the manifestation of the word. You can't do it if you don't believe the word. Now, I'm not going to this, but I'm going to tell you the story. That was a woman that God wants to bring forth his son through. Her name is Mary. Somebody find it. I won't mess over that. I go to that. It, I want the one that said, be it unto me according to that word. Now, but what I want to do now, I want to show you how Abraham got to where he was. Now, remember, Abraham... 
If I go back to Genesis chapter number 12, I'm going to do it quickly because I'm not going to these. In Genesis 12, 1 through 7, I'm doing this for the tape's sake. God called Abraham. In Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 through 18, Abraham had to separate from Lot. Now, I'm going to tell you the purpose of all this in a minute. Genesis chapter 14, verse 17 through verse 24, Abraham met Melchizedek. And Melchizedek blessed him. And then in Genesis chapter 15, the Lord cut a covenant with Abraham. See, if you read these chapters, you'll get it. Let me go over them again. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 7, God called Abraham. Genesis 13, verse 14 through 18, Abraham had to separate from Lot. Genesis 14, verse 17 through 24, Melchizedek had to bless Abraham. He met the high priest. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1 through 7, the Lord cut a covenant with Abraham. Genesis chapter 16, verse 1 through 6, Abraham tried to help God out and brought forth an Ishmael. See, he, he wanted to do it himself, and that's all you're going to get is an Ishmael. Some that looks like your son. Genesis chapter 17, we're going to go to that in just a few minutes, not now. God's going to change Abram to Abraham. I'm going to show you. That's when the change took place. Genesis 17, 1 through 8. And then after that, Genesis chapter 18, verse 9 and 10, God promised Sarah a son and also going to change her name. From Sarah to Sarah. That means God put his breath in them. In Genesis 21, 1 through 7, Isaac become Abraham's son. And after Isaac became Abraham's son, Genesis 22, the test came. Now I want him back. How much do you really believe me? In that chapter, God stopped Abraham from killing his son. And at that time, God said, now I know that you believe God. So, after, so when Abraham started, he didn't believe God. He was a heathen, just like we were. But God had to give him faith. That's what he used in him as a picture so he could believe God. So we're going to look at this in our teaching today. So I said to you something else before I get any further. We don't pray in Jesus' name. It was never given to us. We're talking about how do I strengthen my faith. And, and, and where I was, like I said before, I said to you, I had been deceived. And most people listen, to, don't even realize they've been deceived too. Because it's nowhere in the Bible God told you to pray in Jesus' name. Okay, let's look at a few. Like I told you before, 
Exercise will strengthen your muscles. Herbs and vegetables will strengthen your immune system. Giving gifts will strengthen your, your communication with others. And communication will also strengthen relationship. When I'm showing you how to strengthen your faith. Because this is what you use spiritually like you do naturally with the heart. The heart is used 24-7 and thank God that it never shuts down. And this is how God wants you to use your faith for everything. So we're going to show you how to do it. Now let's go to Romans 4 before I go into the names the name Jesus first. Let's go to Romans 4 20 one more time. And let me see what you see. Now we're going to read out the NLT. Romans chapter 4 verse 20 out the NLT. Are you enjoying the word? Romans chapter 4 out of the NLT. Just one verse. Romans 4 and verse 20. Abraham never wavered. I wait for the screen. Romans 4 out of NLT. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. Now remember, we're talking about 99 years old, but he never wavered believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. Now this is an awesome thing, you're 99 years old and God's told you you're going to have a son and now your faith grows stronger. I want to know how did he do it? How do you get your faith to grow when you had nothing else to hold on to? How do I strengthen my faith? His faith grew stronger and in this, here it is, he brought glory to God. And God showed me, that's your answer. He learned how to glorify God. And he had to glorify God before his faith would grow. See, if you're using your faith, then you will see the fruit in your lifestyle. Let's go there, shall we? So we're going to show you Abraham, faith grew. And because of that, he got what he, God promised. So the word glorify. Remember I said we're going to go to chapter 17 first. Glorify means to live unconditionally before the Lord. What does it mean to glorify? You have to live unconditionally before the Lord. Remember I told you, look at 2 Corinthians 5 before I go any further. Let me go back there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, told us if God's son died for us, then what did he want from us? He want us to live for him. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. Oh, this is good. This is just, I'm just so glad I got all day. If I don't get you in the washing, I'll get you either in the rinse or the drying cycle. 
Somebody say amen. Second Corinthians chapter five, look at verse 14 of the King James. It says, for the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge. For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, why did he do it? That they was live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So God died for you, but he want you to live for him. And when you do that, you give God glory. First, they gave themselves. And the, and, and the way you do it is you become fruitful. And when you do that, the Spirit of God produced the fruit of the Spirit in your life. How many can see what God wants? God wants you to do what? Live for Him. And when you do that, what happens? You become fruitful. You bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit began to work with your faith while you're believing and produced the fruit of the Spirit. That's what God really wants in your life, is for you to be fruitful. Now let's go back to Genesis 17 and see did this happen to Abraham. Hallelujah. I'm going to sit right here and talk to y'all. I'm coming over there in a moment. I'm going to visit you too today. Somebody say hallelujah. In the book of Genesis, we want to go to the 17th chapter. Genesis Chapter 17. Now, this is the turning point, I call it, in Abraham's ministry. Because what God wanted from Abraham was glory. And see, when, when he gave God glory, then everything began to change in his life. Now, that was the change right here, Genesis 17. He started out in Genesis chapter 12, but he got to chapter 17, verse 1. That's where we're at. Genesis 17, 1. When Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appealed to Abraham and said to him, I am the almighty God. Now that's an awesome thing when God stopped you and let you know I'm the one you've been talking to since Genesis chapter 12. I am the almighty God. Then he's going to say to Abraham, watch this, walk before me. And be thou perfect. See, no more, no more girlfriends. No more Hagar. See, no more Ishmaels. Trying to do it on your own. I'm watching your walk, your lifestyle. Walk before me and be thou perfect. How many hear what I'm saying? This is how Abraham gave God glory. See, if you don't do this, what I'm saying, your faith can't grow. God cannot work in you. See, that's why in the book of Acts, chapter 17, it has a verse. Let's go there. Acts chapter 17. When Paul was ministering, 
Acts chapter 17. And verse number 28. Matter of fact, I'm going to start a little earlier. In verse 22. Acts 17, 22. Let's back up. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. I passed by and I beheld your devotions. I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. Him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hand, because that's what they thought these temples was temples of God. Neither is worship with men's hands, as though he need anything, seeing he giveth to all life, breath, and all things. And has made of one nation of all to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. God has done you just like he did the waters of the oceans. They can only go so far and go back. Why did he do that? That they should seek the Lord. If happily they might feel after him, though he be not far from every one of us. In him, here it is, we live, we move, and we have our existence. For as much as we are the offspring of God. In God, we live, move, and have our being. We have our very existence. That's where your life comes from. Somebody say amen. Amen. So when Abraham came to a place, he had to learn how to glorify God. And I'm going to show you all through Apostle Paul's life. Let's let's, let's go. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 12. I'm going to start right there. We're going to jump in there. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, watch what the Apostle Paul is going to say. This is one of my favorite chapters. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And start verse 1. We're going to just take this for the rest of the way. It is not expedient for me, doubtless the glory. So all through Paul's ministry, you're going to find him giving God the glory. He said, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. He said, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. He said, let me, let me tell you what I've been through. I knew, I knew a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise. He called heaven the third heaven paradise. And I heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. 
He said, let me tell you something. Like Moses went into the mountain, he stayed there 40 days and 40 nights and God taught him who Adam was. How would he know? He taught him about the tabernacle, told him to build one because I want to leave here and come live with you. God told him about Adam and showed him everything in Genesis. Showed him all about Noah in the flood because he had to show him how, where, when. Otherwise, if I don't know where we came from, I don't know who these people are. Why am I risking my life to take them to a land I've never been? God said, come on up. You got some good points. It took 40 days. So when God told him to build the tabernacle, he said, build it like I showed you in the mountain. Why do you think Moses was there for 40 days? So this is what Paul talking about. Paul been to Arabia. The mountain of God. And God taught him the same place he gave them the commandments. Out in Arabia. He, Paul went back there to find him. Because God had to teach him the word. Christ, when he was baptized, he went into the wilderness. To the mountain of God. Because that's where God would talk to him for 40 days and 40 nights. And when he came back out. The man looked at him and said, how can this young boy know scriptures and never learn? He'd been with God and God taught him. Just like Moses went into the mountain and God taught him. Just like Paul had been with God and God taught him. And now he's given us what he has seen. He just didn't see everything from Genesis to Revelation. He had the revelation of it. He even had the revelation of Jesus' whole ministry. So you have to understand, this man was also be taught. He says, how that he was caught up in verse 4 to paradise. And I heard unspeakable words which not unlaw- was not lawful for a man or other. Such a one would I glory. Yet, a, yet, yet, yet of myself, I would not glory. But I, I will glory in my infirmities, only in my weaknesses. He's telling you how God strengthened his faith. Because if we would stay in a place of humility, in a place of weakness, I'm talking about before the Lord, when you compare yourself to him, then he strengthens you. You have to stay in a place that I don't know and he'll show you. We can't act like we already know before God. God already know I don't know. Of such a one will I glory, yet not of myself will I glory, but in my infirmity. For though I would desire the glory, I should not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he sees me to be, or that he heals of me. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. He's talking about a message of Satan to torment me. I don't think you understand. An angel followed him 
for the rest of his life. That if he got into pride, kill him. He had to stay humble so God will keep his grace on him. You read out the NLT. Put the NLT up there. Start with verse 7. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. We're going to read out the NLT. See, you have to understand that that angel was sent to torment him. Lest he be exalted above measure. See, he realized that through glory is what God wanted him to do. Giving God the glory. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And you got to understand something. As long as you stay humble, giving God the glory, you will see things begin to flow in your life. Fruit begin to grow. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we are reading verse number 7. Out of the NLT. Even though I have received such wonderful revelations, Paul says, from God. So to keep me from being proud, from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, the message of Satan, to torment. To torment me. Keep me from being proud. I said to you once in this ministry, I have found out why not many people have the revelation of the mystery. Not many people teaches the grace of God. When God began to deal with me in ministry of coming to get the grace of God, what I saw and remember is like going past the cherubims, the flaming swords, back into the garden. Coming back to God. And to get by and to get past, you have to understand spiritual powers. That's what you have to get past and to be able to know they don't frighten you anymore. My wife sit there and she know I'm not lying. But once you have overcome the wicked one, Glory to God. See, that's why John says to young men, they have overcome the wicked one. You have to get to a place where they don't scare you no more. What you want is greater. You have to come to a place that what you want from God, all you can do is kill me. And I'm going in anyway. <laughs> Anywhere I'm going, I'm going in. This is when God gave me the message, God's grace is sufficient. So that's how Paul recognized that the enemy could not slay him. They would torment him just like they did Moses. If Moses did not circumcise his child, he would have been killed by an angel that was standing out the door. Waiting for him to come out without circumcising his child and the angel would, kill, would have killed Moses. God's man. Paul said, I was tormented by this satanic spirit 
sent to buffet me. Matter of fact, he was at all of Paul's meetings trying to make sure it didn't work. One time they began to follow Paul, said, this is the man of God, this, this is the man of God. Paul said, you child of the devil. So you got to understand, these spirits were always after his meetings. But you, came, you come to a place in God where you become an overcomer. The word said, you found, I'm telling you, John said, we have overcome the wicked one. That's what your faith is for. You got your faith, you got to be so strong until principles and power don't, don't, of darkness don't bother you no more. Peter had gotten so strong until Peter said, oh, they just walk about. They walk about just like everybody else. See, Peter understood that. And that's where you're going. That's what your faith is about. It's to make sure it gets so strong until situations in your life don't bother you no more. Trouble don't bother you no more. Persecution, trials, afflictions, pain. Don't bother you no more. You'll be like my son Josh. You'll put a sign up in your place saying this too came to pass. It came to pass. And that's all stuff can do is come to pass. And another test comes to pass. I'm going to start here the next service because my time is already up. up and, and he says, three different times, he says. I beg the Lord to take it away. Each time he says, my grace. I asked him three times. And each time he says, my grace is sufficient. So now he says, I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses. So that the power of Christ can work through me. That's where we'll start next service. So every time I'm going through some things and it seems like I'm being weakened, Christ's grace is strengthening me. That's why 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10, he says that I labored more than all, yet not I. But God grace that was up on me. Come to this camera. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. My God, my God. Paul said, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcome it then and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saved you if you continue to believe the message I told you unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you that what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins. As the scripture says, he was buried and then he rose again from the dead the third day, just as the scripture says. Your faith been given to you 
so you can believe God's word. Christ died for your sins. Christ was buried in your place, in your own grave. You don't have a grave. Christ died in your grave. And then he was raised from the dead for you. That's why he lives in you today. My time is up. And I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.